are 60 days in. Yeah. 60 days into the year. Listen, if you're anything like me, look, the last 60 days you've experienced a wide range of emotions. Has it been a little bit of a roller coaster for anybody else in just the last 60 days? Listen, but here we are on March the 1st. It's apparent. I'm looking at a few survivors in the room. And truth be told, Bussy, if it had not been for God, even in the last 60 days, you, 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 you really don't know how close I was to setting some stuff off. But the fact that I made it all the way on March the 1st is a testimony that, God, you've been absolutely amazing. Where are the survivors? The survivors. Glad we got a couple in the room. I want to direct your attention today to, to a text that I believe te teaches us how to survive. I, I believe it's going to teach us how to survive. If, if you will, I just I want to borrow your your attention just for a few minutes on this first Sunday. Um, and and I want to preach from. The topic that I've titled today, Arrows, Attacks, and Airheads. Arrows, Attacks, and Airheads. Listen, every now and then, Todd, every, every now and then, Deacon Ford, every now and then, Marvin, God will use an airhead to assemble an attack to remind you of the promise that he made to you that no weapon formed against you will be able to prosper. Will you, will you pray with me? Our Father and our God, Father, we come before your presence right now, Father, just to lay aside every weight, everything, God, that we maybe have come in here carrying. Father, every arrow that has weighed us down in the last 60 days, every attack, Father, that has come up against us that maybe seemed like it was insurmountable, Father, every airhead that was on assignment to distract, to distort, to abort, Father, we lay it before you now. Father, we trust your mighty hand. Father, we trust your mighty, strong right hand. It's, it's at the name Jesus that we call on you today, Father. It's at the name Jesus that we believe that every knee shall bow. It's at the name Jesus that we believe every tongue shall confess. And so, Father, we declare and decree that Jesus will show up in this building, that Jesus will show up in our hearts today to speak to us, to preach us crazy, and not just for us to hear a word, but for us to hide this thing in our hearts because the truth of the matter is that the enemy is raging on attack. But, Father, you've raised up a standard. So, Father, we thank you for the standard that you've raised. We thank you, God, for the warriors in this place that are, you are raising up. Father, we're going to fight on to see just what the end's going to be. Though the enemy slays us, trust you. Father, we will trust you. And so now, God, I ask, Father, that you hide your preacher behind the cross. 
Father, let your people not see me, but God, let them see you. Father, you know what we need before we need it. Father, you know exactly what we stand in need of today. So, Father, have your way in this place. Have your way in our hearts. Have your way in our lives. Have your way in our minds. Father, even the stuff we haven't surrendered to you, God, have your way with that. Father, have your way with our money. Father, have your way with us. In Jesus' name we pray. Can we, can we read this text together real quick? You stay with me, school. We're we going to read this. Genesis chapter 49. You stand to your feet today. Arrows, airheads, and attacks. Somebody shout arrows. Somebody shout airheads. Somebody shout attacks. The word of the Lord today. Genesis chapter 49, beginning with verse 22, the verses 24, just a couple of short verses, just, just a little bit. This is what the Lord has for us today. Joseph is like a tree that produces much fruit. He is like a healthy tree watered by a well. He's like a vine whose branches grow over the wall. Archers attack him violently with arrows. They shoot at him angrily, but his bow remained firm. His arms are agile. He gets his power from the mighty God of Jacob. He gets his strength from the shepherd, the rock of Israel. You be seated today. Before we really delve and dive into this thing, I believe that context is everything. And because context is everything, I feel that it's important to set the backdrop for you today so we can all be on the same wavelength and just kind of catch you up to speed. Uh, and so where this story really starts to begin to take place, it really starts with a man named Jacob. You, you all have heard Jacob. You all are familiar with Jacob, right? Jacob had 12 sons, right? He had 12 sons. And, and Jacob now, he's at the point now where he's elderly. In fact, he's, he's dying. He's on his dying bed. And Jacob now calls for his 12 sons. He wants to command a blessing over all 12 of them. But but Joseph, Jacob now commands this blessing over all 11 sons, and he gets to the 12th son, which is Joseph, and Joseph's blessing is a little bit different from the other 12 siblings. In fact, what, what Jacob says of Joseph is it's not only historical, but it's also prophetic. You, you got to get this now because Jacob issues the blessing to Joseph. And, and that's where the story picks up right here in Genesis chapter 49, verses 22, where, where Jacob says that Joseph is a fruitful tree says that Joseph is a fruitful tree. Well, y'all, I know it's just a few of us. Well, y'all just shout fruitful. Fruitful, fruitful. This, this, is, this is interesting that Joseph, that Jacob starts the blessing by calling 
Joseph fruitful. He, he's calling him a fruitful tree, but if history serves me correctly, Reverend Sean, Joseph hadn't always felt fruitful. He hadn't always felt fru fruitful. Joseph had, had gone through a lot. In fact, Joseph lived. Joseph had, had been through some stuff. He, he had lived once in the projects, but now he then had a, a suite in the penthouse. He was hated by his own family, was slow, sold into slavery. He was thrown into prison, even on trumped up charges, Deacon Ford. And even though he hasn't always felt fruitful, his father commands a blessing over him that he remains fruitful and connected to the world. And so, and so because, of, because of where the tree was planted, because of where the tree was planted, Joseph wasn't considered an, an ordinary tree. Because of where Joseph was planted, he wasn't considered an ordinary tree. This, this tree was fruitful. Verse 22 says, jo Joseph is a fruitful vine, a fruitful vine that's by the well. Its branches run over the wall. Listen, because of where Joseph was planted, he wasn't ordinary. This, this tree that Joseph maintained, is, was, it was fruitful. And it was fruitful because this tree ran near a well of water. You, you got to get this. Listen, there, there are two things that are necessary, two things that are absolutely necessary in order to make a tree fruitful. Two things, y'all. Y'all say two things. Two things that are necessary. First, you need the root. Then you need the well. You need two things. You need the root, and then you need the well. Listen, Joseph is fruitful because of his connection to the well. Joseph is fruitful because of his connection to, to the source. Listen, you, you, you can only be fruitful based on what it is that you're connected to. The, the best place to stay under any circumstances and the best place to remain under any circumstances is connected. You got you to gotta stay connected. It's, it's in extremely hot climates. When, when a fruit tree can't grow and it can't produce any fruit if it's not planted near a stream of water. That's, that's how fruit trees grow. They need two key ingredients. You need the root and you need a well. And, and listen, you got to get this because when something is planted near water, when something is planted near water, it, it grows a lot faster than most. When, when something is planted near water, it grows a lot farther than most. That, that's why David said in Psalm chapter 1, verse 3, that we shall be what? Like trees that are planted where? By streams of water because it brings forth fruit in its season. And that's the thing about a tree where, where it's planted. When, when you're planted in the right place, you, you don't have to worry when you experience anxiety. You don't have to worry when things don't go your way because a, tr a, a tree that's fruitful, a tree that's planted in the right place will always produce good fruit. Ain't nobody going to say amen and that's all right. You Listen, some of us can't grow because we aren't planted anywhere. We we don't commit to anything. We, we aren't planted. We won't commit. We won't get root. We won't get stock. We won't really join anything. We won't grow where we're planted. We, anytime anything gets a little bit rough and uncomfortable, we're ready to jump ship. The, the boss says something you don't like, you're ready to quit. The, the pastor makes a decision you don't like, you want to stop coming to church. You've got to get somewhere and get planted. Somebody say get planted. Get planted. This, this, this ain't one of them sermons where everybody kind of shouts amen, huh? Get somewhere and, and get planted. Then, 
Jacob continues the blessing by telling him that its branches run over the wall, a vine that grows over the wall, a vine that grows over the wall. It's, it's a vine. It's a tree. It's fruitful. It's producing something, and it's growing over the wall. Listen, if you want to keep growing, you've got to stay on the wall. He, he is the wall. He, he's, he's here to hold you up. He's, he's here to stand you up. He's here to prop you up. He's here to keep you up. Let God take you up and take you over. Tell somebody stay on the wall. You're planted where God planted you. Wherever God plants you, it's, it's a good place. If God planted you, it's, it's in a good place. You've got the wall to support you. Just because it doesn't feel good doesn't mean that it isn't good for you. God, God will always plant his people in a place where they can grow. It may be uncomfortable, but you still can grow. It may hurt for a little bit, but you still can grow. It may not always feel good, but you still can grow. Long Long gone are the days where we go through life, through the ups and downs, and not grow. God has you where he has you so that you can, so that you can grow. It's time to grow. It's time to grow. Can we, can we get to the real critical piece? We've airheads. Arrows and, and attacks. Listen, whenever there is an attack on the horizon, us as a body of believers have one critical key that we must now be responsible for. Are you listening? The critical piece is that we have a responsibility to always assess the attack. Always assess the attack. Truth of the matter is, whenever you're being hit from each and every direction, you've got to assess the situation. A lot of us are more reactive than responsive. The Bible says that the archers grieved him. Verse 23. The skilled archers, they, they grieved him. They they hated him. They bitterly attacked and provoked him. They, they shot and they harassed him. Can, can we talk about the archers for just a minute? This, this is why you have to assess your attack, Reverend Sean. And, and sometimes you can assess the attack by assessing the attacker. You got to get this because the original language reading the American language, and it refers to them as archers. But the original language it is broken down to mean master of arrows. And in other words, these were skilled arrow throwers. You Stay with me. Stay with me. The Bible calls them archers, but I call them airheads. I call them airheads. And, and here's why I call them airheads, because there were two types of fighters that presented themselves with weapons. You had your swordsmen, and you had your archers. 
Somebody say swordsman. Somebody say archer. The difference between the two is that a swordsman will get close to you. A swordsman will, will get near. A, a swordsman will, will draw out their sword, and they'll let you get in a posture to get ready to defend yourself. Listen, typically with a swordsman, you, you see them coming. You, you see the big silver, silver sword when they get ready to draw it. But the difference between an archer, I, I mean an airhead, I mean an archer, what, whatever you want to call them, is that an archer, in order for their bow to go the distance, they, they've got to stand at a distance. In, in other words, an archer is too coward to even get close to you. They, they've got to hide out in the bushes. They, they've got to have some camouflage protection. They, they can't stand out in the crowd. They, they've got to be where they can't be seen. They've got to be where they can't be spotted. They, they've got to be where they can't blend in. While these men were skilled at attacking, there's a difference between a swordsman and an archer. Archers are airheads because they'll sneak and attack on you. But what they don't see is what they aren't prepared for. What they don't know is that Joseph wasn't in the fight all by himself. The arrows may be a sign to me. The arrows may be a sign to my destiny. The arrows may continue to come to me. But I'm connected to the defender of arrows. I'm, I'm connected. Even when the darts are thrown, I'm hooked up to the power source that's, that's greater than me. The Bible says that they shot these arrows at him from a distance. Listen, you got to watch them folk that shoot stuff at you from a distance. You, you, you mean to tell me you ain't bold enough to come and say it to me? You got to throw the arrows from a distance? Listen, you got to be skilled. You got to listen. You got to take inventory and assess the attack. I don't have to respond. You, you at a distance. That's why you're at a distance. You're, 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 you're at a distance. But the Bible says this because I, I couldn't, I couldn't understand Brother Sean, the Bible says that they attacked him, they provoked him, they shot at him, and they harassed him. The number one question I wanted to know then was, why? The Bible says, next verse, that they shot at him because they hated him. Listen, maybe this might not bless nobody else but, but me in the room. These men were on assignment to disable him, and we couldn't figure out why? Until the Bible says in verse 22 that they shot at him because they hated him. Can I, can I help somebody in here? Newsflash. People don't need a reason to not like you. They wanted to see Joseph dead for no other reason than because the Bible says that they hated him. Sometimes people don't like you simply because you aren't them. 
simply because you you don't think how they think. You, you're not common. You, you don't fit in with their crowd. You, you're not regular. You can't do what they do. And yet it's been painful for you. you. You've been wrecking your brain for years wondering, why don't I fit in? Why don't they like me? You've spent years wondering, what is it about me? Why did they block me on Facebook? Why they don't want to deal with me? Why they don't invite me anymore? Sometimes people are threatened by the God in you over the hell that's in them. They've gotten to the place where they hate Joseph and they hated him for no other reason than to just hate him. Now, the goal of the archer, the goal of the arrow thrower is to knock the bow out of Joseph's hands. The goal is to disable Joseph from being able to fight back. But, but where they went wrong <laughs> is that they underestimated Joseph. They <laughs> you got to get this. this. They underestimated Joseph. This was a new encounter with Joseph, but this wasn't a new encounter for Joseph. Can, you, are you getting this? this? This was a new encounter with Joseph, but this wasn't a new encounter for Joseph. Joseph had been under attack before. You, you remember Potiphar's wife, don't you, and how she turned her lust into hatred for Joseph, and, and then Pharaoh's cupbearer let, let Joseph sit in jail for a whole lot longer than he should have. But my Bible tells me in verse 24 that his bow remained firm and steady, and his arms were made agile by the hands of the mighty God of Jacob. He gets his strength from the shepherd, the rock of Israel. They're throwing bows and arrows toward Joseph, but the Bible says that his bow remained firm and steady. In other words, Joseph was prepared to react, but instead decided to respond. You got to get this. Joseph had the bow in his hand, but his bow remained firm and steady. With the bow in his hand, Joseph was ready to take revenge. Joseph was ready to clap back. He, he had the bow in his hand, and the bow was firm and steady. Todd, he had the opportunity to fight back, and it wasn't that Joseph was weak or afraid, but sometimes it takes more strength to hold your bow than to let your arrows fly. Some, sometimes it takes more strength to hold the bow than to let the arrows fly. Joseph didn't fight, but Joseph kept the stance of a warrior. 
Joseph didn't defend himself. He, he didn't need to. But Joseph was reminded to be fruitful in the face of persecution. Listen, if you don't get anything else today, as we get ready to wrap this thing up, when it comes to the attacks and the airheads and the arrows that are coming your way, you just have to remember that it's not in your hands. It's in God's hands. Listen, he was agile, but the hand of the mighty God of Jacob, that's where his strength comes from. I, I don't know about you, but we all need God's hand every now and then in our lives. It's almost like the batter that goes up to the base. Listen, when he takes the bat, he doesn't need to swing. He, he just needs to get in position. Your, your position matters because no matter how you may want it, if your position isn't conducive for victory, then you can't expect to win. But if you keep your stance, even when you're outnumbered, even when you don't expect a good outcome, even when you're outdone, even when you're overlooked, just when you think you're out of strength, just when you think you can't go on, just when you think you're out of a push, just when you think you're all out of lies, just when you think you're all out of power, just when you think it's over for you, I'm telling you to keep your hand firm. David didn't throw an arrow, but David kept his posture up. David didn't throw an arrow, but David kept his bow firm. God doesn't need your strength, but God can do something with your submission. Your submission is your stance. You don't have to throw the arrow, but just keep a stance of fighting. Will you surrender to God the stuff that you've been holding on to? When you submit to God, Sean, he can work with that. I don't need you to throw anything. I don't need you to fight any battle. I just need you to show up. I don't need you to speak for my behalf. I don't need you to work for me. I just need you to be present. I don't need you to give more. I don't need you to give less. I just need you to hold your position. Arrows, attacks, and airheads. Listen, attacks come to get us distracted, to get us distorted. You, you've got to watch out for the arrows. You've got to beware of the airheads. They don't know who you're connected to. That's the beautiful thing about a root is that a root goes a whole lot deeper than what people can see. Baby, folk underestimated you when they thought you was a standalone. But thank God for the tree that runs by the well, the well of living water, the well that'll never run dry, the well that'll never run out of options. Yeah. So here it is now. Joseph is under attack. And even though he had the agility and the resources to fight back, the Bible says that he kept his bow firm and steady. But the Bible never says that he shot a shot. I know you've been under attack. But the question is, how have you been handling the arrows that have been falling on you? How are you handling the airheads around you? They think they can defeat you because they don't see your roots. Maybe it was an attack on your character. 
Maybe it was an attack on who you are. Maybe it was an attack at work, at home, an attack on your health. But the fact is you made it here today. It's a testimony. And a testimony of your survival skills. Assess the attack. God says, simply put, when it came to Joseph, God said, I'm not asking you to fight. I'm just asking you to stand. bow remained firm. But Joseph's victory didn't come from the bow. Your strength doesn't come from you. Just keep your hand firm. You don't have to have all the answers. Just keep your hand firm. You don't need to know what tomorrow holds when you get out of school, the next job, the next career, the next promotion. Just keep your hand firm. Joseph kept his hand firm in the face of airheads, in the face of attacks, in the face of arrows. Listen, don't you let up. Don't you back down. Don't you diminish yourself. Don't you back up. But listen, keep your hand firm. Joseph kept his hand firm and steady, but he never took a shot. Let God fight for you. You show up. You stay in the race and you be present. But let God, let God do the fighting. You keep your posture. Let God do the rest. You keep your faith and watch God do the moving. Keep a firm grip. Keep a solid foundation. Stay in position. Arrows, airheads, and attacks. As we get ready for communion, I, I thought about this. I cannot imagine what it must have been like for Joseph to see all of this stuff coming at him. And to be in a place, Minister Bussy, where you know you really can respond because the truth of the matter is, listen, he, he had the resources to get them together. Sometimes we got the stuff in our back pocket to shut some folk down. The word of God says that jo Joseph never took a shot even. He kept his hand on the Glock, but he, he never pulled the trigger, Sean. He, and I thought about this, that as the arrows 
We're coming to him. The Bible shifts from the attack to his source. He's under attack, but the Bible says that he drew his strength from the God of Jacob. Listen, in 2020, that's the God I'm calling on. I need the God of Jacob in my life. I, I need the God of Joseph to show up in my life. Joseph stayed in position. Listen, airheads are going to try you. Don't lose your position. Don't get bitter. Let it bless you. Let it bless you. No dark toss will ever be able to form. No weapon that is ever meant with your name on it will ever be able to prosper. Why? Because the Bible tells me that no weapon formed against me shall be ever able to prosper. Listen, things seem to be a little bit more manageable when you know whose hand is on it. You, you got to take your hand off and put his hand on. Listen, I don't need you to have all the answers. I need you to just stay in position. Are there any Josephs in the room tonight where, where they whispered about you, where they lied on you, when they talked about you, when they mistreated you? You couldn't figure it out. Why did they do what they did? But listen, Joseph stayed strong even in the face of oppression. Simply because it goes all the way back to the promise that his father Joseph had declared on him. Byron, can we go all the way back to 22? This is where it all started. Joseph was fruitful. <laughs> 